back to the place where everything had gone so horribly wrong, where chivalry had nearly killed him. But it wasn't a nightmare. Bruce opened his eyes, not to Edward of England's wrath, but to God's. The clash was not of swords, but of lightning. The hail from the sky wasn't of arrows, but of icy rain. The horrible howling wasn't screams of death, but of wind and the incessant pounding wasn't of hooves, but of the drum of the coxswain's hammer on the targe to set the beat of the oarsman. But the fear, the fear was the same. He could see it on the faces of the men around him, the knowledge they were all about to die, not on a bloody battlefield, but on a god-forsaken ship in the middle of the storm-tossed sea, while fleeing like outlaws from his own kingdom. King Hood, the English called him, the outlaw king, all the more humiliating for its truth. Fewer than a hundred men in two beerlins remained of the proud force he once thought capable of taking down the most powerful army in Christendom. Now look at them. Less than six months after his coronation, they were a ragtag bunch of outlaws huddled together on a storm-tossed ship, some too ill to do more than hang on, others shivering and white with fear as they bailed for their lives. Except for the Highlanders. Bruce didn't think they would recognize fear if Lucifer himself opened the fiery gates and welcomed them to hell. And no one was more fearless than the man charged with the task of their survival. Standing at the stern with rain streaming down his face and gale-force winds whipping around him, fighting to harness the ropes of the sail, he looked like some kind of pagan sea-god eager to do battle with whatever nature threw at him. If anyone could get them through this, it was Eric McSorley, or Hawk, as he was known since joining the Highland Guard. Bruce's secret elite team of the most highly skilled warriors in the country. The brash seafarer had been chosen for his swimming and sailing skills, but he had bollocks the size of boulders. He seemed to relish every challenge, no matter how impossible. This morning, McSorley had snuck them out of Donavity Castle, right under the nose of the English army. Now he was attempting to cross the narrow sixteen-mile channel between Kintyre in Scotland and the coast of Ireland in the worst storm Bruce had ever seen. "'Hold tight, lads!' the fierce chieftain shouted above the roar of the storm, grinning like a madman. "'This is going to be a big one!' Like most Highlanders, McSorley had a gift for understatement. Bruce held his breath as the wind took hold of the sail, lifting the ship as if it weighed no more than a child's toy, carrying them over steep, towering waves and slamming them down on the other side. For one agonizing heartbeat, the ship tilted perilously to the side, and he thought this was it. This was the time the ship would finally go over, but once again the seafarer defied the laws of nature with a quick adjustment of the ropes and the ship popped back upright. But not for long. The storm came at them again with all it had, wave after wave like high, 
deep cliffs that threatened to capsize them with every crashing swell, violent winds that battered the sails and swirled the seas, and heavy sheets of rain that filled the hull faster than they could bail. His heart plummeted with each creak and crack as the violent seas battered the wooden ship, making him wonder whether this would be the wave that broke them apart and put him out of his misery. I never should have done it. I never should have gone up against the might of England and its powerful king. In the real world, David didn't beat Goliath. In the real world, David got crushed. Or ended up dead at the bottom of a stormy sea. But the Highlander wasn't ready to concede defeat. He stood confidently at the helm, just as unrelenting as the storm, never once giving any indication that he wouldn't get them out of this. Yet it was a...